We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is Wednesday. It is March 29th. It's 2023. We have a 10-game NBA slate to talk about here on today's podcast. Joined today by my good buddy, Keith Eister. Eyes 819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Not too much. Excited to get in and, and break down another one of these late-season NBA slates. We're going to have some shenanigans again, I'm sure. Hopefully everyone was able to avoid the the Dennis Smith Jr. landmine on uh, Tuesday night, but you you can expect stuff like that this late in the NBA season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you when you're when you're playing late March NBA, one you know bankroll management very important, uh, very important all the time, but very important this time of the year uh, because just right when you think you have an edge on a slate and something happens and it's just like all right, um, so. You know, bankroll management, very important late March. Um, and I mean, just be be ready for anything at any time when it comes to late March NBA. So, well, week, week and a half left of the NBA season, regular season. So, I mean, not, not much longer. Um, baseball kicks off tomorrow, Thursday. Um, so 
excited for that. We'll be talking about that because I don't think there's hardly any, if any, ba- baseball or basketball games on Thursday. I'm pretty sure there's not a lot, if any. So yeah, there's only um, two games, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna be fully baseball on tomorrow's podcast. Uh, what's up, YouTube? Hope you're having a fantastic Tuesday night. Everyone listening on the podcast, happy Wednesday morning. Let's jump into the slate. We got a 10-gamer here, like I mentioned. We get started with the Bucks and the Pacers, 236.5 total in this game. Bucks an 11.5-point favorite. Uh, injury report for this one, looking at it, uh, the Pacers, Duarte, Halliburton already ruled out, which is kind of nice night before uh miles turner questionable i'll be shocked if he plays to be honest um and then on the buck side joe ingles is questionable and chris middleton is questionable Giannis probable so drew and Giannis play middleton maybe sit kind of opposite of the other night wouldn't be shocked really quick before we get into breaking these games down wouldn't be shocked if like they gave brooke lopez a day off here soon um i don't know if it necessarily would be this game if, if not, it's a great spot for him, and we'll talk about that. But I, I would assume we're going to get a Brook Lopez day or two off here very, very soon. So just be paying attention to that. We'll start with the Bucks. So, I mean, kind of going into that conversation, right? The Pacers are one of the, if not the worst team in the NBA against Biggs. Them and Charlotte, they're both really bad against Biggs. So if Lopez plays, he's in a good spot. He's 7K, though. Um his price has gotten to that point. Like he's had some big 50 point fantasy games here recently. Um, if Middleton sits, I could see playing drew at 7,300. Um, my biggest concern is the game staying close. It, you know, with, with Halliburton already ruled out and miles Turner questionable, but not likely to play in my opinion. Um, I worry about the game staying close. Give me your thoughts here on the bucks. Yeah, blowout risk was was my initial thought too. Like it, without Halliburton, it's going to be tough for Indiana to keep this game close. For that reason, I don't think I'll be spending all the way up to Giannis too much. Um, I like the Drew Holiday call, especially if Middleton is out. Seventy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Uh oh. Did I freeze or did we lose Keith? Might might be me. Um if it is Keith, it looks 
Tell me, YouTube, can you hear me? Um, I don't know. Looks like Keith might have froze. Um, might be me. We'll see. Yeah, Keith froze. So, you know, just kind of echoing what I was thinking already here originally with Milwaukee is I'm definitely worried about the blowout, looking at saving some money with Drew. Um, I could see playing Giannis if you think this game's going to stay close. Um, that's the the biggest concern for me is because, I mean, 55 fantasy points from Giannis is fine, but it's not good enough. It's a 10-game slate. We have a lot of studs on this slate. So paying, you know, 11-6 for Giannis and him scoring 55 fantasy points is just not going to be enough. And if he doesn't get that full fourth quarter run, um, you're hoping that he just has a monster first half. So um, maybe taking first half props is what you're going to be looking at for Giannis and not playing him um, DFS wise here, but Portis 6,900. If I'm going to pay 6,900 for Portis, I'm going to take shots on Lopez instead. Uh, but Drew and Lopez would be my main targets here. If we get news that Middleton ends up sitting, maybe some shots on Grayson Allen at 4,800, but he is not um, my favorite play by any means. Going to the Pacer side again, I, I do think that Miles Turner ends up sitting in this game. I really don't think he ends up playing. Jalen Smith started the other night against uh, Dallas, played 24 minutes in that game. It's really tough between like Smith and Jackson. It looks like they're just going to kind of split the minutes. So potentially like capped ceiling size for both of those players. Nuora is still my favorite. He's the guy that I think has the biggest upside when looking at the numbers with these guys off the floor. Buddy Heald's going to be back in this game. I think you could take shots on him at 5,800. He's someone, if this game stays close, could really benefit. Um, he's probably playing really well. And then with no Halliburton, TJ McConnell is super interesting at 6K. He's averaging 48 fantasy points in three matchups against the Bucks this season. So not typically someone I like, but obviously gets up for this matchup. So don't mind taking some tournament shots on uh, TJ McConnell. He played 28 minutes the other night. It's the most that he's played since the middle of March. All right, we got Miami at New York facing the Knicks here. Welcome back, Keith. We got a no total in this game for, and then on the injury report, Miami's on the second end of a back-to-back. -back. Butler didn't play on Tuesday. Assume that he will be back um, for this game. I think it was just a front end of the back-to-back -back kind of thing. And then Brunson is questionable, and Derrick Rose is questionable for the Knicks. All right, Keith, you're back. Let's let's hear your thoughts on Miami. And this time, hopefully, you don't like hopefully. Uh, freezing. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. Wi-Fi cut out. Reset the router. Hopefully, we're we're good to go the rest of the show now. My apologies. Um, tough fine. game environment here. Just a couple of slow teams, um, strong defensive teams. So I don't I don't love the overall game environment, um, especially with Butler coming back. Like Hero had a great game Tuesday night. Butler coming back probably hurts that a little bit. You can play Bam, but I don't love the matchup for him either. Um, this is probably one of my least favorite games on the slate just because of, of the overall game environment. Mine too. Um, I think Bam is okay, but he's not great kind of play. Um, he's 7,700 if he's a little bit cheaper. 
I said this yesterday on the podcast. Like, if you're running 150 teams, I think if you're running anything more than like 10 teams, like if you're playing like a 20 inch max or running 150, like I have to get in the mindset. There's so many more people instead of playing like $100 in cash, they're like max in the mini max. And I think whatever, like that's fine. Like that's how your style of play has changed. And I think that's how a lot of people's style has changed. I've seen and talked to a lot of uh, players like low stakes players that have gone from like playing a hundred dollars in cash to playing max in the mini max. So um, I think if you're doing that, you have to take some shots on Tyler hero. Like he's just someone that when he's hot, he's someone that can have big games and I think he's not going to be afraid of shooting. So um, yeah, PJ Washington crushing, absolutely crushing. I hope you all listened to me yesterday. Um, <laughs> got behind it. I hope you listened. The Knicks side of this game, kind of the same thoughts though. Like if Brunson doesn't play, I think quickly is finally to the price point where it's very Ooh. tough to play him in a very tough matchup. Yeah, I mean, even with Brunson out, it's now a decision at least. Like, usually anytime Brunson is out, it's like, okay, just jamming quickly because he's usually like 4,500 or 5K, something like that. But all the way up to 7,800 now, he can still smash the price tag. But I talked about not liking the game environment. Miami plays a good defense. So I don't I don't love quickly, even if Brunson is out. Um, if Brunson does sit R.J. Barrett at 6,200, I would have quite a bit of interest in. Randall's priced appropriately. Tough matchup for him um, with with Bam on the other side protecting the rim. Like that's just I just don't have a ton of interest here. Brunson at seventy five hundred is interesting if he does play. Um, I certainly would prefer that to him being out and trying to play quickly. I still don't love it though, just because of the game environment. So I, I think my favorite play from the game is Barrett. If if Brunson does sit, if Brunson is in here, I I might just skip this one entirely. I mean, even if, like even if Brunson sits, I don't have a ton of interest. I, I mean, yeah, you make a point for Barrett, but he's sixty two hundred. He's gone over forty fantasy points, what one time in the last six games? Um, and like those games are without Brunson. So unless you're just like under the mindset that this is a really tough matchup for quickly, and and with Brunson out, like Barrett benefits from quickly having a tough matchup kind of thing, but. Still, I still have a tough time getting there on him, but he would probably be the guy for me too. Like, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Um, it's just more of, I kind of hope Brunson plays and I kind of hope Butler plays and I kind of don't want to play anybody from this game outside of Tyler Hero kind of thing. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, Houston and Brooklyn. We got a 230 total. The Nets, a 12 and a half point favorite. Tate is out for Houston. Ben Simmons out. Um, and then Sumner questionable for Brooklyn. Here we go. Um, we got Houston first. The next, the Nets are like, hey, you guys can take all of the, the superstars and we're going to play good basketball. We're going to make a run in the playoffs and say, hey, we don't need those studs. Um, what are your thoughts here on Houston? Like Brooklyn's been playing phenomenal defense recently. Yeah, um, I do have some interest in Brooklyn. I, I will probably be looking for a run back. I think KPJ at 7,400 or Jalen Green at 7K. Don't love the price tags, um, but just some interest in attacking the Brooklyn side of this because of their matchup with Houston. I might play a little of each of them for the run back. I don't love Shangoon. Like, 
he's been okay at times. He's been really inconsistent lately. Um, the minutes have been inconsistent. It's it's just tough to get behind him at this point. Uh, Jamari, Jabari Smith's price is up at 6,500. I think there's a little upside there. Don't love that price either, though. So I probably just go up to the top for KPJ, Jalen Green. Um, Tari Eason hasn't been performing quite as well as he was there for a minute. So and price now 5,500. Like, don't I don't love the pricing on the Houston side here. Um, it's it's just really trying to find runbacks on on my Brooklyn exposure. KPJ, Jalen Green would be my my two favorites. So yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily love anything on Houston, um, but like what you're saying makes sense. Like run back type of options uh, with Tate still out, like maybe some tournament shots on Eason. His minutes should be in that like 28 to 30 minute range. Um, like my favorite play from Houston for like the last month has been Jabari Smith. He just really hasn't shown like a big ceiling lately. Um, he had a really solid game the other night against the Knicks, but still not like this massive like ceiling type of game. So that's my only concern um, when it comes to him. And then, you know, going to the other side of this game, like some of the prices on Brooklyn, um, you know, we've seen Bridges have some big games and he's still like mid sevens. Um, so I, I really like him. We've seen Dinwiddie over 50 fantasy points um, once here recently. So like the pricing on these guys for a matchup against Houston seems really nice. Um I mean, Dinwiddie Bridges, my my main targets. I don't love like Cam Johnson or Claxton here. Um, Royce O'Neal still playing enough minutes, but I don't know if you're necessarily going to need his value today. Talk to me here about Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I think at least one of these guys is is going nuts here. It's it's an outstanding matchup against Houston. Bridges has shown off that the massive ceiling as like the top usage guy in this offense. Seventy six hundred. I'm I'm very comfortable paying that in a a matchup with Houston, kind of the same story for Dinwiddie. Um, I, I'd go bridges over Dinwiddie just because I think he has a little bit more upside, but like you said, Dinwiddie has found 50 fantasy point games here recently. Certainly think there's room up even at 7,600. And then the matchup for Claxton, I don't like the price for Claxton, um, but Shangun is, does not play any defense on the other side. I think Claxton could absolutely smash here. Um, so it's really those three bridges being my favorite, and Dinwiddie and Claxton being kind of secondary, but I definitely want some exposure. Really good matchup here against Houston. So, listen, I give Dean all the trouble in the world. Like, I, I love messing with him, but he is also one of my good buddies. And when he, like, he, like, when he gets serious and, like, I actually listen to what he has to say sometimes, most of the time I don't listen to what he has to say. I'll joke. I'll mess. See, I mess with him when not even trying to mess with him, but, um, Listen, he he talked to me the other night. Uh, we were doing a show together, and he's like, I know how good of a rebounding team the Knicks are because I was on Mitch Rob against Houston. And he's like, I know how good of the like rebounding Mitch Rob is and Hartstein, like these guys are. Just remember that Houston is the best rebounding team in the NBA. And like I I forget that all the time. So I forget yeah. that. Like, so I just wanted to remind everybody else because I mean I forget that. So because of that, like they still allow a good amount of points per game to opposing like centers, but they also allow like the fourth or fifth fewest rebounds per game to opposing centers. So that is one of the reasons that I was kind of hesitant on Claxton. Um, but at the end of the day, 
ceiling happens. I mean, those are the types of games like ceiling games are games that are fast and with a lot of scoring. And that's kind of what this game is. You know, this game has a lot of potential for scoring and a lot of potential for upside. So I get like both sides of it. I just want to like, I just want to remind myself while reminding everybody else, like we forget just how good of a rebounding team Houston is um, from time to time. So um, pace wise, both of these teams pretty close um, in pace on the season. If we look more recently um, pace wise, they pretty much stayed the same. Houston slowed down. Brooklyn. Oh, I want to mention this. Brooklyn has gone from like a 15th place team in pace. And if we look at the last like eight or nine games, since they have kind of switched, they're like 28th in pace. So they've slowed down a ton. So Brooklyn might be one of those teams like that. We we're not targeting too much. Um, they're trying to slow games down. They're trying to play better defense. Um, so just, this game seems very tricky, but if you get it right, it seems really good. Uh, but it's also one of those games that really going to depend for me anyway on like ownership. Um, if this is a game where people are like, oh, it's Houston and Brooklyn, let's go. This is two different Houston and Brooklyn teams since the beginning of the season. So um, just throwing that out there. We got Dallas at Philadelphia, 231 total. The 76ers, a five-point favorite. By that total and by this line, it really suggests to me that Embiid's going to play. Him and Harden are both questionable. Um, but the fact that like Philly is a five-point favorite, I know they're at home, but the fact that they're a five-point favorite makes me feel like you know the books think that Embiid's going to play. Um, Maxi is questionable, and Nick Lakina is questionable. We'll go Dallas first. Um not the greatest matchup in the world for really anybody here for Dallas. Uh, they needed the other night, though. They really needed just to, to have a game where they just crush someone, I feel like. Because, I mean, they just got beat by Charlotte twice. So I think the Indiana game was a nice little bump to, like, this is a team that needs to win every single game down the stretch right now. Uh, the West is extremely close, and they gave up a lot to bring Kyrie in. Um, you, you really don't want to miss the playoffs after giving up all that. So... Give me your thoughts here on Dallas. Yeah, nothing is gonna gonna stand out here. I don't think um, pricing is appropriate. Luca has missed some time, so like it, the secondary guys are all priced up. I'm basically only looking at Luca and Kyrie here, um, and that's just because I do expect it to be a competitive game. We might see, the, and it's a must win game for Dallas, like you were saying. So we we could see Luca and Kyrie play close to 40 minutes or or over 40 minutes. Like we're getting to that that part of the season where every game matters. I prefer the savings down to Kyrie. Like we just haven't seen the same ceiling from Luca playing playing next to Kyrie. So I'll save the twenty five hundred and, and play Kyrie more than I will Luca. But I, I definitely want at least one team with Luca because he can he can break any slate. But not a great matchup. Salaries don't stand out. But just just targeting ceilings on on Luca and Kyrie. Yeah, my my only problem with like Kyrie, like the other night, like he had a really solid game. He had a couple steals and a few blocks. Um, the Pacers turned the ball over the highest in the NBA, so it doesn't shock me that he had a good defensive game. Philadelphia's fourth or fifth highest turnover rate in the NBA as well, so like the defensive stats are definitely like the upsides there. It's just like, what is his ceiling shot-wise with Luka playing? Is it like 25? 25 and some defensive stats probably put him pretty close. So 
I don't know if I would necessarily play them together by any means. Um, I right. think you're going to try to pinpoint the ceiling from one of the two guys and then the rest of the team. Good luck. Um, yeah, good luck. Just good luck. I, I mean, I, I really don't have anything else to say. Like Hardaway is someone that can play well, but Jaden Hardy has been playing really good. Is he like starting to eat into the minutes? Um, Josh Green's been playing good. Is he eating into the minutes as these guys? Like, th that's just the thing. You just don't know. Um, so, Philly side, if Embiid plays, uh, I definitely don't mind going to a beat at 11K. He's just someone that's capable of monster games. Uh, they really don't have anybody to match up with him in this game. Uh, thoughts on the 76ers? Yeah, Embiid's the target here. Um, 11K, very healthy price tag, but... Like and that's part of the, the reason I prefer Kyrie on the other side too, because stacking Luca and Embiid is like you're not left with a, a much to do um, salary wise after that. So if I'm paying up for Embiid, I like Kyrie on the other side just to save a little bit of money, uh, because I do do prefer Embiid to Harden. Um, Dallas just not very strong on the interior. Harden has has missed a couple of games also here. Um, I think it's an Achilles that he's he's dealing with. So I expect them both to play here, I think, just because we're getting to that point of the season. Um, but Embiid is the guy with the ceiling. He's in the MVP conversation. He's going to keep trying to put up stats. So give me Embiid for 11K. Everybody else is overpriced because Embiid and Harden have have missed some some games here. So like Maxi at 8,900, there's just no chance you can, you can touch that. Harris doesn't have much of a ceiling, even at 6,400, so... Again, I'm just looking for a ceiling from a superstar here, and Embiid is, is my preference. Josh in YouTube chat says a 10 game slate this year. This late in the year feels like a 20 game slate. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, Josh agree is not wrong. <laughs> more Lakers and Bulls. Hey, we're here. We're here giving you your first look. I mean, that's our job, right? Like at the end of the day, um, I was I was talking to somebody. Um, I was talking to somebody today. I, I can't remember. It might have been Devin. It was somebody. Uh, it was somebody at RG. But I was talking to somebody today and we were talking about the morning grind and I was like, man, the anniversary is coming up like April 4th, 2016 was the first ever morning grind podcast. So like we're very close, like um, that's a lot of years and uh, we, we give you the first look and that's what we so we do like baseball. I feel really good when we get done with baseball about having like 70 percent of my lineups done like fit like the process and everything. Um, but basketball man listen i there's some first look stuff that i like a lot that i i hate by the end of the slate or by the start of the slate so um basketball is a lot tougher but yeah i mean baseball gosh baseball the morning grind baseball podcast has been nominated for multiple awards um and i'll just go with that so we'll, we'll leave it you. at that congrats man <laughs> all right we got it was a while ago. Uh, Lakers and Bulls, <laughs> 225 and a half total. Uh, Lakers, anywhere from one to one and a half point favorite, depending on the book that you're looking at. Um, Bulls, Caruso's questionable. Lakers, Mo Bamba is out. I really wanted to see the Mo Bamba Vooch matchup. Um, LeBron is questionable. That's good, right? Like he's questionable. That's good. Yeah. He, um, he was back over the weekend, I think, right? Yeah, he played against yeah. Chicago yeah. at home. He saw 30 yeah. minutes in that one. Yeah, so 30 minutes. I think so. he'll play in this one. All right, let's go Lakers first. Um, it's very – okay, so really quick. Uh, <laughs> really quick. Um, I think it's very interesting 
right? Like Chicago just beat the Lakers by 10 points and the Lakers are a one and a half point favorite on the road in Chicago in this game. Uh, just to me, that's like very interesting, but anyway. All right. Talk to me here about the Lakers. Yeah. With LeBron coming back, assuming that um, the pricing is pretty tough. Like he definitely impacts AD ceiling. Just choosing between LeBron and AD is probably the route I'm looking to go. I lean towards LeBron just with a slightly cheaper price tag. Um, he's going to have the ball in his hands a little bit more. Yes, AD could go out there and get you 20 rebounds and and absolutely smash. I just feel like LeBron LeBron has that triple-double upside. He's going to have the ball more. I, I lean to LeBron typically in these situations. He doesn't go to the locker room mid-game near as much. Um, so just give me LeBron over AD. Again, Like I think I'm just looking for studs here. I know Austin Reeves has been on an incredible run, but the price tag is kind of adjusted accordingly. I can't think that LeBron coming back, there's no way I can see him getting to 50 fantasy points again with LeBron and AD on the floor. So probably just looking to spend up here. Um, Yeah, that's about all I got here for the Lakers. LeBron first, then AD. Listen, our our Hillbilly Kobe um, play (laughs) is is officially done um, because – it was a fun ride. This generation's Kobe um, is back and he's playing. So, I mean, with LeBron playing, it, you can't play Reeves at at thirty one hundred or seventy one hundred. Um, Reeves will find will get down in that like four or five k range again, and like there's going to be slates, maybe right before the playoffs or in the playoffs if the Lakers make the playoffs, kind of thing, um, where you can take some shots. So, um, but yeah, I mean. Looking at the Chicago side of this game, I mean, DeRozan, he's kind of flirting on that price of he might be playable kind of price. Um, Levine might be playable kind of price. Vooch might be playable kind of price. I mean, I, I wouldn't hate like making a group of these three guys and like zero wanting it and just trying to get the ceiling out of the one, but like the pricing, the pricing for all three of these guys is very, very interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and I think this is a, another close competitive game. Um, and I think one of them at these prices is, is going to smash. I, it's really hard to figure out which one on any given night. Um, like DeRozan and Levine being so close in price, I probably lean to DeRozan. Just feel like he, like the usage is just a little bit higher for him. He can still get some rebounds and assists. It, it certainly could be Levine as well. So I, I really like your strategy there. I definitely don't want multiple of these guys in a lineup. I want to find the guy who goes off for like 35 actual points. Um, DeRozan and Levine would be my first targets there. I don't mind Vooch. I just don't like the uh, the matchup for him as much with with ad on the other side there um yeah it's slightly derozan but it's not a really strong take derozan over levine i think patrick beverly at 4800 there's like there's pass to him paying that off too and so i don't hate beverly he's been playing mid-20s to at times well into the 30s in minutes so super low owned probably uh, large field tournament play don't mind a shot on beverly at 4800 was anybody watching Grinders Live on Monday when Pat, when Dean tried to sell me on Patrick Beverly revenge against the Clippers <laughs> and I, I I had to leave because I, I couldn't hear it anymore? Revenge, Dean. Revenge. He shot six times. That's massive revenge. Um he he yeah. 
Um, he had 19 fantasy points, Dean. Like, <laughs> I should, I should have texted him, um, but I didn't. I'm nice. I like Dean, but yeah, Patrick Beverly is not a high usage guy. So I, I just, yeah, I really worry about playing someone like that. All right, Detroit at OKC. No total in this game. Thunder on the second end of a back-to-back. The Detroit Pistons with the whole team out. Bogdanovich, Burks, Cunningham, Diallo, Magruder, Stewart. Did I say it too fast? If I didn't, it's the same people that have been out for a while for Detroit. Um, we'll get into we'll get into like the Thunder. Like SGA, they like they've been resting him, but like this is like legit. Like this dude sprained his ankle over the weekend. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily like resting him more than it was um like he's actually hurt so we'll have to see let's go detroit first game environment wise um i mean we just watched pj washington civvy maldon we just watched all these guys have monster games against the thunder on tuesday night um jaden ivy they're letting him play games are getting out of hand they're letting him play i think he is actually at the point where like we have to consider him outside of his price i mean that's the biggest thing is his price i really don't want to play anybody else from detroit um if anybody duren at 5100 i think is maybe a tournament play but outside of that i mean Corey joseph's playing some decent minutes he's 4300 i just for me it's taking some shots on ivy and then potentially taking some shots on Jalen Duren. Yeah, this Detroit team is tough. Um, I think you're on to something there with Ivy, though. The minutes look really solid. Uh, I think he's locked in for 30 at least with upside for like 40. Don't love the price at 7,200, but if if he's going to play 36 minutes, then, then he's in play for sure. Probably don't get to Bagley at that price. Like, I do have some interest in a big man here. Um, but it's tough with them because they don't play a ton of minutes. Uh, Bagley's price has kind of come up now. Wiseman's minutes have been down here recently. He's been in that like low twenties range. I don't, it's going to be hard for him to pay off 5,600 with 20 minutes. Um, so I kind of like your Duran call. Um, he's the cheapest of the three. He's been playing solid minutes. I think that's where I'd look to like, OKC struggles against centers as well. So the big man is what I'm looking for, and and Duren, I think just b- based on price and opportunity, really here recently, he he's the guy. So I like Ivy, I like Duren. I, you can take shots on Wiseman too, just in case he gets a couple of minutes because the matchup is that good. Um, but I do prefer Duren. You got to remember too about Duren and Ivy; they're both rookies. So like them getting 30, 35 minutes a game right now is good for them for next season. So they're not winning Rookie of the Year. I mean, Paulo. I mean, he's what? I think he's like 35 to one favorite to win the, like he's minus three, like 3,500, like to win. The last time I checked, like Paulo's winning the rookie of the year. Um, but like at the end of the day, it's good to get these guys minutes. They're, they're securely like in the lottery. Um, so like getting these guys minutes right now is not a big deal. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're the worst team in the NBA, but they're going to, they have a lot of young talent. They have a lot of young talent. Um, they need like one one big veteran name. I think one big veteran with all this talent around. Like, this is a team that like we talked about Philly a few years ago, how they kind of built that team out of nothing uh, with draft picks and tanking kind of thing. And like you know they, they had an Embiid 
Um, I don't know if Detroit has an Embiid, but we have a really, really talented number one draft pick this year. So we'll see. <laughs> um, the Thunder side of this game. All right, so SGA. He did not play Tuesday. He, I mean, he legitly sprained his ankle the other night. So I think it's, I think it's very questionable if he plays. I wouldn't be shocked if he plays. We still have no idea what the Thunder are doing, um, whether they're trying to win games, whether they're not trying to win games. Uh, who knows? Uh, really I think quick, they're trying Josh. to win. They're just like they're inconsistent, and when SGA isn't there, it's it's really tough. Like losing to Charlotte is is not 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 good for them. Yeah, I don't know if they're trying to win games. I don't know. <laughs> I I really don't. I, I am convinced that like they're. It's, I it's not like they have a shot at a top five pick, really. Though, like I get they yeah. just want to get into the lottery and try to improve their position, but I feel like the playoff experience might be more more beneficial to them than like moving your pick from 14 to 12 or whatever. And Josh in chat says, do we like Bagley? It's the same matchup that PJ Washington just had. The difference is PJ Washington has like a 30 to 35% usage rate right now with these guys out. Marvin Bagley is like a 20% usage rate guy. Um, So like that's the biggest difference between like Bagley and PJ. Listen, the matchup's fine. Uh, It's just the usage. PJ Washington's just chucking right now. Rogier and ball out like he's just chucking and Hayward like he, he's just gonna chuck so that's the biggest difference between like Bagley um but I, I like him I just wish he was a little bit cheaper that's the only thing all right let's talk Thunder what do you like here I mean it all depends on SGA um if if SGA sits again we just we saw Jalen Williams and Josh Giddy absolutely crush I, they're two of the best plays on the slate. If he sits again, um, if SGA is in there, I, 10-1 is, is a tough price, especially like, I feel like blowout risk comes into play here. If, if the thunder are at full strength. So kind of just waiting on that SGA news, really. Um, I, I like Gideon Williams, even if SGA plays, I think like those two guys have been just playing amazing here recently. Um, those are the three I'm targeting. It obviously depends on SGA, uh, how much, if he sits, Gideon Williams will be my two highest owned guys on the slate. Probably if SGA is in there, they're going to be more tournament plays. Um, but I will definitely have exposure to all three because of the matchup with Detroit. Uh, one of the worst, worst defensive in basketball. If SGA sits, Giddy, um, Jalen Williams, another very talented, uh, rookie, He's someone that I love to play. He has big upside. It would be Gideon Williams mostly, and then Williams. Um, but I think Isaiah Joe is worth the conversation if um, SGA sits. If SGA plays, I mean, SGA might actually be playable here if he plays. Yeah. Um, all right. Cruising along here. we got four games left. we got the Clippers and Memphis. Still no total, right? Yeah, no total out for this game. Um Memphis on the second end of the back-to-back. They just beat my magic. Paul George out. Norman Powell questionable. Marcus Morris out. We'll go Clippers first. Um, Powell being questionable is a little interesting here. Um, if he were to come back, I don't know how much he would play. He came back, um, or he's kind of in that like 20-20-ish minutes range. Um, Marcus Morris has been someone that's been playing like 22 to 25 minutes a night. Uh, touching 30 a couple times. So, like, him being out opens up some minutes for sure. Um, 
we'll go Clippers first. I mean, Kawhi, I think, is still the main target if you're playing anybody from this game. Um, what are your thoughts on the Clippers? Yeah, I like Kawhi at 10K, definitely fine. Um, not the greatest matchup here, so he's he's certainly not one of my preferred spend ups. Um, I definitely like LeBron more, I like the Bulls guys more. Um, let's see, MB definitely. So like he's gonna be sixth or seventh on the list at best. But he's certainly in play, um, even in a tough matchup without without PG there, he's got a, a huge ceiling. So you can play him. Westbrook, I, I probably don't need to take shots on him on a 10-game slate in this in this difficult matchup. Um, the Marcus Morris injury is interesting, but I think that means it's Nicholas Batum that's going to get the majority of the minutes. He did crush the last time out against Chicago. Um, I just, like, that's not something he's going to do often. Um, he's a, a low per minute pr- producer. So, and, and it's not like he's 4K, he's, he's 5,100 too. So it's a, it's a tough spot. I, there's probably a value guy I'm missing here. Like, man, hasn't really been getting a ton of run. And Powell coming back would, like, I think Powell is interesting if he does make it back for this one. 4,300, I would take some shots there. But as far as going deeper into the rotation here, probably not too interested um, with names like Eric Gordon, Nick Batum, even Zubots. Like, it's probably just going to be Kawhi for me. Yeah, probably just Kawhi for me. Um, I think with Marcus... Marcus Morris out. I don't know if they necessarily want to play like Eric Gordon more minutes. I don't know how, like it would, I think, I think guessing Nicholas Batum plays 30 minutes, 5,100. Um, he played 31 minutes against Chicago the other night with uh, Morris out. He went eight for 10 from the field, yeah. eight for 10 from three. Um, I mean, this guy, this guy is shooting over 70% uh, from three in the last three games, but 5,100 is a tough price tag to play him knowing that like, it's really going to come down to shooting, but I mean, maybe he's cheaper on FanDuel or Yahoo or something. Maybe he's someone you can play like in a fantasy pick him type of thing. Um, if his, if his fantasy pick him projections is low. I think I'd rather play Bones Highland. I know a different position, but Bones Highland has actually been seeing some pretty solid run here. He's a high usage guy off the bench. If he's going to yep. continue to play. First guy off the bench minutes, right now. Yep. Um, I don't hate that. 5K, I think. I mean, he's paid it off each of the last three three games. So as long as his role is solid, Norman Powell come back, coming back could affect that. Maybe it's man that gets bumped from the rotation. Um, so I'd, I'd be more leery. Um, of doing that if Powell was to make it back. But Bones right now has a pretty decent role. I'm with you. I think at the end of the day, I want to see... If I'm taking a shot on any of these guys, I want to see Powell out. Yeah, agree. Um, The Memphis side of this game, I mean, we got to wait on the John Morant news. Um, I mean, I think it was just a front end of the back-to-back, maybe thinking, hey, we can beat the Magic. And I will say, really quick... um, not to like fully change the like subject or whatever, but um, I, I just kind of eye test wise, I haven't like looked into the stats and stuff yet, but the Orlando magic have been playing really good defense recently um, just from some of the games I've been watching. So just throwing that out there. Um, Memphis Morant plays. Maybe some interest in Morant. If Morant sits, I think you could take shots on Tyus Jones at 6,200. 
the price tag makes you think about it. So it really would be more of like how the slate kind of opens up. Um, it, it's definitely one of those slates where we're like, we're paying attention to this Memphis side. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, Ja is a huge deal, obviously, just a massive usage guy. Tyus Jones becomes one of the top values on the slate if Ja sits. Like, I don't know what they're going to do with Ja's minutes. Um, like, he was clearly limited in his first couple of games back. Never, He didn't see 30 minutes in any of them. I think he has potential to play like 32 in this one, maybe even 34. That would make pretty much everybody else really tough to play. Um like Bain's price has come up too. I was just noticing that. I believe he was 7,800 on Tuesday and now he's 8,400. So like with job back, I, d- I don't know that I can play Bain. Um, yeah, I, d- I don't love this if, if job plays, honestly. One of them probably has a good game. I don't know if Ja's going to have enough minutes to like 9K for John Morant. If he had full minutes, that's, that's a steal. He'd, he'd be too cheap. We just don't really have a good handle on what the minutes are going to look like. So if you want to take tournament shots on Ja and hope he plays 32, 34 minutes, I think he can certainly pay the price tag off. I just I don't see myself getting to Triple J or Bain, even Tyus Jones, if if Morant is in. Luke Kennard's been playing out of his mind. That's an, a, he has he had a good game against the Magic tonight. <laughs> yep, he did. I don't know. Hey, if I revenge! That, but revenge! Just to point it out. Yeah, revenge. <laughs> <laughs> you're not on. wrong all right i'm moving on all right I'm having, we're having some fun today we're having some fun all right we got utah at san antonio 234 and a half total the jazz of five point favorite in this one looking at the injury report here bastley johnson sohan vassal out for the spurs clarkson gay sexton out fonchecchio Fon yeah whatever um and marketing <laughs> they're both they're both questionable i listen i've been saying it right like from the xm show i had to like list like look up how to say it and i i totally forget um <laughs> it's been a long day my little man is sick it's been a long day um so yeah anyway we'll have to see if um fontecchio ends up playing or not him and marketing questionable this line's really close, so it wouldn't shock me if anybody sits here. Uh, we'll go Utah first. I mean, I like this spot a lot for Walker Kessler. I like it a lot more if Markinen does not play at this price point. Um, if Markinen sits, I have a ton of interest in Kessler and Olenek. I still think like THT is too expensive at 6900 I think they've overly priced him and been way too aggressive with his pricing um i want to play the bigs i want to play the bigs san antonio allows the second most fantasy points per game to bigs i want to play the bigs walker kessler is my favorite play on the slate i think yeah doesn't shock like it's just an awesome matchup for him san antonio is has quit on the season there's nobody that, that can slow kessler down like he should have 10 plus boards with upside for 20 um he's been shooting the ball a little bit more here recently um, 18 points and 31 points in back-to-back games. He's playing 30 minutes. I absolutely love Walker Kessler. And even if Markinen plays, I'm, I'm going to have a ton of Kessler. If Markinen is in, I'm a little bit worried about blowout here. Um, Utah on the road helps that a little bit. Um, he's playable at 9,200, but I, I definitely prefer Walker Kessler. I think THT is playable even at 6,900. 
just because of the matchup um, with Clarkson still out. Not not a comfortable price tag for him, but this is one of the best matchups that, that you can get. Um, Agbaji's been playing minutes at, at 5,600. Um, I think I feel like that's going to continue. I think he, he's got upside in this matchup. It, like if he's going to be out there for almost 30 minutes, he has a chance to pay off his, his price tag. Fontecchio too, like at, at 4,900, another guy that's been seeing pretty solid minutes when he's been active. Uh, I think you can take shots. Like Utah might be my highest exposed team. Um, if, if marketing is out, I would say that is most likely the case that, that I will have more exposure to Utah than any other team. This game, I think this game yeah. is a whole, um, hate playing San Antonio, but the matchup's fine. I mean, you know, Zach Collins is back and playing 30 minutes. Uh, he's 6,400. Trey Jones is 5,700. He's been in that like 26 to 30 minute range. I don't think you can really look at the Boston game. They got crushed in that game. Um, there's a lot of pieces out. There's a lot of usage. There's a lot of minutes going on right now. Um, Collins being back, I think hurts Sandro. I don't know if I would necessarily want to play him a lot, but I still think there's plenty of minutes to be go around for like Branham and guys like that. Utah's a good matchup. This is a, this is a game that I think you definitely want to target. Um, San Antonio's plays super fast. Utah plays like 12th fastest and San Antonio's, I think fourth or fifth. Um, so, I mean, the game pace is going to be phenomenal. And, you know, if we start looking into like defensive stats, we know San Antonio is one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And I think Utah is like 24th. So game environment wise, DFS wise, this game is juicy. It's just the rotations for the Spurs are impossible. So like using using like groups and group orders and stuff like that and making sure that if you're running 150, you're really focusing on like how you approach San Antonio here. Yeah, great, great point there. Uh, at the end, like use groups. Like if Zach Collins is playing 32 minutes, that means Sandro's only playing um, like 26 or whatever. But like they're going to split the 48 center minutes, Collins and and Sandro Mamukalashvili. Um, so I would not play them together. Certainly, um, that's that's one group. Um, and then the wing minutes too are going to be dependent on each other. So like depending on who even like who knows what their injury report looks like by the time the game rolls around, they could sit a bunch of guys again, but guys like Branham and, and Langford are going to be tied to each other. So like those guys are cheap enough. You might be able to get away with playing them together. Um, but Collins and, and Sandro for sure are, is a group. Um, I think Trey Jones and, and Devonte Graham is probably something I would do as well. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I, I think that's a great point is to, to make groups and know like, what exposure you want. Like, don't be playing two guys. Like don't play Zach Collins and Sandro together. It's just probably not going to work out for you, but they're, they're all fairly, fairly enough priced where in this game environment, there's going to be some people that pay off their salaries for sure. So just got to take some uncomfortable stabs, I think, and, and try to hit the right combination. But this, this game should be important for, for winning a tournament. Yeah. The game environment is just too good for you not to have interest in this game. I mean, you look at, Look at everything else. Um, and I was looking at defensive numbers like recently for what it's worth. Um, I don't know where the Jazz are at on the season, but I'm pretty sure they're not great. Um, San Antonio is the worst team. Right. Jazz yep. are still 24th. Yep. So. Nothing changed with my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> you, you nailed it. 
All right. Uh, listen, we're in the end of March. We have a, a good idea who's good at defense and who's bad at defense. Um, Minnesota at Phoenix, 234.5 total here. The Suns, a six-point favorite. Um, injury reports. We got – is there anybody? Suns – Durant is questionable. And Noel is questionable. Cat's supposed to play. Anthony Edwards is supposed to play. Kevin Durant questionable instead of out night before. Definitely worth noting that. Um, Minnesota first. Matchup-wise, I mean, not really anybody that's going to stand out matchup-wise. Um, I would have interest in like an Anderson or McDaniels in this spot if Cat wasn't going to play. Um, I don't mind like shooting wings. I mean, Cat. Cat's probably too cheap at 8K. He's probably too cheap at 8K. He played 32 minutes the other night. He sat the second end of a back-to-back. And he played 32 minutes. Uh, he played meaningful minutes. He finished the game in a close game. He made meaningful shots. I think Cap might be too cheap at 8K. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, he's the one I want to target too. Like I just, his presence makes it tough to pay up for Anthony Edwards. It makes Rudy Gobert overpriced. Makes Kyle Anderson overpriced. I think Cat is the only realistic target here. If he's right and he's going to play th- mid 30s minutes, 8K is, is too cheap. I don't even, he doesn't even need to necessarily have a ceiling game to smash at that price tag. Um, it's just about the minutes. If he's going to be low 30s again, he's probably closer to appropriately priced. But if you're getting 35, 36 minutes, he he is far too cheap. Um, Phoenix side, man. I had like all intentions of coming on here and saying how much I wanted to take shots on Devin Booker. But if Durant plays, that definitely tempers my expectations a little bit um, at this price point for Booker. Anthony Edwards is not a good defender. He is not a good defender at all. So if you can pick who you think is going to get defended by Anthony Edwards, I think that's who you want to target. Um, I don't think they try to put Anthony Edwards on Chris Paul. If they do, Chris Paul probably has a big game. Um, I want to see if Durant's playing. I mean, that changes the whole slate for me. Yeah, it's really tough to play Phoenix at these prices if Durant plays. I mean, it's similar to Cat on the other side, but you don't get the discount on on Durant. So, yeah, Phoenix exposure is pretty tough. Um, I I do think you can play Booker in a in a tournament still, even though ninety nine hundred. Um, we saw him play really well alongside Durant for a couple of games there. So that there's still enough shots for for Booker to go nuts here. Um, and I like the matchup. Uh, Minnesota is another really fast team. Um, I believe they're top five. Yeah, they're fifth in pace. Uh, so, like, I don't hate the the Booker call. I, I actually quite like it. Even with Durant there, I, I think he's going to be sub 5% owned. You need a monster game from him, but he's he's a guy that gets enough shot volume. He can do it. Aiton, just I don't know. With with Durant there, I'm probably not going to take too many stabs here. It's it's really just going to be Booker, just, and it's going to be a couple of shots, a couple, maybe two out of 20 teams or something like that on Booker. All right. Um, really want to see, like, my whole thought on this game is I really want to see if Durant plays. I think he plays. The fact that he's questionable, the fact that he's been back at practice, I think he plays. And I think that in large field tournaments, I think you could still take some shots on Paul and Booker, but like three inch or max, I don't know if you get there. 
finish it out with Sacramento at Portland. Yes, this beautiful game that we call DFS because um, beautiful NBA game is not the case. 232.5 total. The Kings, <laughs> a 12.5 point favorite. Um, Kings are good to go. Nobody on the injury report. Portland, Grant, Lillard, Nurkic, Reddish, Simons, Watford, Winslow out. Um, like we talked about on the podcast the other day, Portland has no reason to run these guys out there. This is a very smart decision. Grant is a free agent at the end of the year, but all the other guys that they're rolling out right now are under contract for at least three more seasons. So Simons and Lillard and Nurkic, like very smart decision. You're out of it. There's nothing you're playing for anymore outside of if you're a true fan, like I know, understand, like you might only get to go to one game a year. It stinks, and I get that, and it, it, I, I hate that part of it. But also, if you're a true fan, you're like, listen, you just accept it, and you're like, hey, we're out of it. I understand why my, I understand why Lillard's not playing, kind of thing. So, um, this is where I feel like, really quick, not to get too sidetracked, but this is where I feel like, as an organization, if you're gonna make the decision that you're going to sit your players for home games too, like if you're gonna sit your guys throw a t-shirt on the back of every seat and at least give those fans something for, you know, supporting your team in a, in a, like these, these are billion dollar, billion dollar teams, a hundred or 200 t-shirts, 300, like, I guess it's way more than that. But if you spend a hundred thousand dollars in like five games of t-shirts, like, and they're not going to cost you that much. They cost like two or $3. It's just, it goes a long way to your fan base. So Put me in, coach. I'm ready to GM. All right. <laughs> I like that. I haven't heard that. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. Sac- Sacramento. I mean, the spot's fantastic. We know how good the spot is. Um, oh, yeah. The pricing. I like Sabonis. He's 10 5. Um, De'Aaron Fox scared me. Then I mean, like, he, if you, if you were listening to the podcast and I was super tilted, I was very tilted. Uh, was it, was it last night? Night before? I think it was last night. Um, about like having Harden. It was last night having Harden and having to switch and only being able to switch to Fox. Cause I saw the news like one minute after the other game started. Um, he finally, he did. Okay. He didn't, he didn't like, he didn't win me a tournament, but I didn't lose money. So like he did. Okay. Um, he's 8,200. I think that price tag's fair. Herder should crush on this matchup if he puts up 20 shots, but I don't know if he puts up 20 shots with Fox being back. Sabonis so at 10, five. I mean, this is just a, a classic, like, 15 25 game for Sabonis, and it just is it enough at 10 5? Yeah, that's it. Like, he's really solid. You, he's probably going to put up 50 fantasy points in this matchup at least. I doubt he puts up 60. Like, it's it's possible. He just like he's a really consistently good performer, but the ceiling at 10 5, it's like it's hard for him to get there. You still have to have exposure. This matchup with as shorthanded as Portland is, is is phenomenal. Um, I am very intrigued by the, the De'Aaron Fox price. It's been a struggle for him. Uh, I know he was dealing with injuries. If he, if he plays 35 minutes again, 8,200 feels too cheap, especially in this matchup. Um, I don't know what his ownership's going to look like, but that, that just feels like he's slightly underpriced for this spot. So I might end up with more Fox than Sabonis. I love both of them. I love this game overall. Obviously the Portland side's going to, going to have a ton of value. Um, so I'm looking to stack this and, and run it back with Kings as much as I can. Um, I'll have plenty of Sabonis, but I, I do like Fox a good amount. 
the herder price tag is tough, but man, the, when the, the dude's making his shots and just keeps chucking, he can pay it off. So I'll have some herder as well. Malik Monk is another guy whose minutes just have not been secure enough. I, I think he could smash this price tag. Um, I think he could get some extra run in a blowout. So Malik Monk is interesting to me just because of his, his usage rate, his role off the bench, kind of running the second unit. Um, I'll take some shots on Monk. Overall, I just want – this is similar right in line with Utah-San Antonio. This game is, is right up there. I'll have a ton of exposure to, to both sides of this one. I, slightly Sabonis over Fox, but it's really close for me. Definitely exposure to Herder, definitely exposure to Monk. All right. Portland. Um, Sharp is 6,700. It's clear that he's going to get 35 minutes. It doesn't really matter what the score is. It's a matchup with Sacramento. Uh, Watford's doubtful. So, I mean, that obviously opens up um, minutes for Johnson, potentially. Eubanks, um, I mean, they're playing everybody right now. Kevin Knox played 32 minutes the other night in the blowout. Uh, Little did not play in the blowout. Just kind of worth noting that, like, only 20 minutes the other night. We really thought, like, he was pretty secure in minutes um but obviously his past injuries they don't want to run him out there and get him hurt um kind of thing so i think if the game stays close little stays on the floor if the game gets out of hand he might be the first guy off so um very tough very tough um talk to me what are your thoughts here on portland yeah i mean figuring out these rotations is going to be important and more guys continuing to to be out makes it even more difficult. I agree. Sharp is the one you feel really good about the minutes. They're they're trying to see what they have in a first round draft pick. He's going to get the run. He's going to handle the ball a ton. Definitely very much in play at, at 6,700. Um, Eubanks at 4,700. I think he has to play minutes here um, with the injury to Watford. He only played 23 in the last one. It wasn't foul trouble related. So I'm, I'm concerned about the run for Eubanks. If it's a blowout, he probably loses a little bit of run. Um, but I think there's upside for 30 minutes here. He's too cheap at 4,700 if that's the case. The Johnson, Knox, Little range. I think one of those guys smashes. I, that might be a group right there, those three that I just named. Um, one of those guys is probably smashing. It's going to be hard to figure out which one. I think game flow and the score of the game is going to dictate that a little bit. I would target like Knox in blowout scenarios. I'd target Little in close game scenarios. Um, but kind of like we talked about with the, with the Spurs side, I think you need to make some groups here um, for your Portland exposure. There's going to be several guys on this team that pay off their price. It's not going to be easy to figure out which ones, but another game that's that's really important for tournaments. All right, let's get into the morning grind game. So, um, favorite play under 5,000 to go 7x. We have a few. Who do you got? I'm going to go Drew Eubanks. Um, hopefully, yeah. the game so stays close and he gets the 30 minutes. Um, 4,700. He could put up 35 fantasy points here. I like that one. Um, I'm looking, man. I am struggling with this question today. Usually there's like people that are like jumping off the page to me. Um, I mean, there's a couple guys in this like higher 4K range. I'll say I'll say Isaiah Joe and just kind of assume that 
SGA is not going to play. I don't like Joe if SGA plays. I don't like him as much. Uh, over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? I'm going to go Anthony Davis with LeBron coming back. Just think it's harder for him to find that ceiling game. Um, Chicago plays decent defense. They're a slower team. So give me Anthony Davis to bust. I hate projecting blowouts, but I'm going to play the I don't think this game stays cart close card and say Giannis at 11. Like yep. Favorite 6X play today? There's a few of them. Yeah. Um, Walker Kessler is my favorite. Um, it's like marketing questionable. If marketing gets ruled out, like I would expect 6X out of him. Uh, Clarkson out, so there's been more shots available for him. Just an awesome matchup against the Spurs. I love Walker Kessler today. I like it a lot. Um, I like that a, a lot. Listen, I, I'm just going to say, like, cl- like hands down, my favorite 6X play today would be Jalen Williams if we knew SGA was not going to play in this game. But, like, not having that news is is tough to pinpoint. Um, so I'm just – I'm going to go – a little bit off the board here and go Keon Johnson. Um, I knowing that like he played 30 minutes the other night in a game that didn't stay close. If we remember, was it last year at the end of the year, Keon Johnson just had a a stretch. Um, We know he's capable. So I'm going to go Keon Johnson again. If we get news that SGA is not going to play, I really like Williams. Uh, Let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got? (laughs) So I was kind of thinking about the SGA news as well. If SGA plays, I don't think many people are going to play Josh Giddy. Um, he can still get there in so many ways. Like he he can get 10 assists, he can get 10 rebounds. I will still play Josh Giddy against Detroit, even if SGA is in. I'm not sure how many people will do that. Um, you think he's low enough owned? Yeah. If SGA is out, he's going to be one of the most popular plays on the slate. But if SGA, yeah, I mean, in, yeah, the asterisks for sure. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go Kevin Herter as a, a backup just in case SGA gets ruled out. Um, I, I really like Kevin Herter and I don't think anybody's going to play him at 6,600. My let's get weird GPP play today is Kelly Olenek. I really like the spot for Kessler and Olenek. I think if marketing plays, we see Olenek still play around 30 minutes. And I think 30 minutes in this matchup is enough. And I think if this game gets out of hand, he still gets close to 30 minutes. And you just kind of hoping he's one of the reasons that this game's out of hand. So I like Kelly Olinick as my let's get weird GPP play of the day. Uh, any bets or fantasy pick and plays that stand out to you here night before? Um, let's see here. Like Utah is only minus four and a half. I know they're on the road, but the Spurs are without Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell, like and Sohan, who's played really well. I wouldn't be surprised to see them roll even more guys out tomorrow. Four and a half feels too short for me for Utah. Utah is just a much better team, in my opinion. So give me Utah minus four and a half. Um, I like that a lot. Um, I'm with you on that one. I think that one's very, very interesting. Um, I mean, my initial thought is Timberwolves plus six and a half on DraftKings. I think that line's a lot. Um, I think like... Minnesota is a a good team and like cat playing like makes them a a lot better. Like this team just beat golden state in golden state. Um, I I know Phoenix is at home. I know Kevin Durant is projected to play, but you get a fully, I mean, it's a fully healthy Minnesota team. 
um, starting five anyway. So give me Minnesota plus six and a half on DraftKings. I like that. Um, I see. I could see a world in like Minnesota winning this game. So um, I like the I like the the Minnesota side of this game. Not saying that I don't like Phoenix. I'm just saying I like the points for sure. I'd be shocked if Durant got full run too. Like he, we're probably looking at 25 Kevin Durant minutes. And that so might like, like just kind of hurt the flow, right? Like, right. I, yep. I don't know. Yep, I'm with you. So, and Suns are like in a spot where like they're safe, but not like fully safe. But I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's a really interesting like game. And like, I don't know. Minnesota's playing really well. And like Phoenix is okay right now. So, yeah, I just like that one. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? MLB opening day. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Excited. Cannot wait. Uh, but nice, fun basketball slate, too, to get us warmed up. Uh, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to the MLB season. See, the slate's fun the night before. Um, we'll see how yeah. it, like, ends up. I mean, if we don't have, like, any crazy, like, injury news in this one, I feel like this slate's really fun. So appreciate everyone hanging out with us over there on YouTube. Also, um, yeah, I mean, YouTube – Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. Um, if you're coming back for baseball season, <laughs> Thursday, man, tomorrow, really, uh, Keith will be joining me back tomorrow. We're going to be breaking down the opening day slate. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. So that's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.